Oh yeah, what's up guys? How are we? Good to see you all back tonight. If you don't know who I am, my name is Oakley. I'm the high school guy here at Mount Horror, but I'm so glad to get to chat with you guys tonight. We had a great time Sunday morning. This room was packed with middle schoolers all the way to the back. We had to add a table. It was pretty awesome. So glad, so glad you're back for that. And then uh, last, last Wednesday night, who, can remember, who remembers what our topic was last week? Who remembers? Close. Nope. So last week was sink or swim. Trevor Miller last week was on fire like I'd never seen him before. The dude brought it like he never had before, in my opinion, since I've been around. But he did a great job. And what he invited you all to do, he said, hey, come in the what? Remember? The waters feel good, right? So come on in. So tonight we're going to continue in our, in our series called Swim Lessons. And the question is, can you swim? So tonight, you know, I was thinking, there's, if you know and I know, if you listen to friends a lot or you pay attention to what's going on around you, there's a lot of unhealthy talk. Who knows what unhealthy talk is? Got some cursing. You got people saying some harsh words and things to each other. We hear it in our conversations at the lunch table. Sometimes we might even see it in our group chats or our group sessions. If you pay attention to YouTube, you're going to probably see some unhealthy talk. If you watch television today, we see unhealthy talk. Where else could we see? Give me two examples of where else we hear some unhealthy talk. What's that? Your friends and people that you hang out with. So one thing's for sure, we all agree that there's unhealthy talk going on. In my town, when I was growing up, there was this community pool, like a swimming pool, kind of like some of the neighborhoods now have swimming pools. Some of you guys go to country clubs and things like that. Well, my hometown was a small little town. And back in those days, pools weren't always the nicest. So sometimes whenever you would have rain or something going on, the pools weren't always the clearest. So there was just one day whenever we were at the pool and I'll never forget it because one of my buddies, the pool at that end at the deep end was a little murky clear at the small end, at the shallow end, but the end was a little murky. And all of a sudden, my buddy, he disappeared. So we're like, where in the heck did he go? Everybody's looking for him. And all of a sudden, he popped up. He pops up and we're like, dude, where were you? And then all of a sudden, there was this little brown thing that floated up right by his neck. And we all pointed. And as soon as we pointed, people said some stuff and everybody got out of the pool. It was just like you're like playing sharks in the water and you know the sharks in the water and everybody gets out. It was the fastest game of sharks in the water I'd ever seen to that time. Yeah, that's right. That was pretty gross. So, so like the little brown floating object in the pool, you guys know what that was, right? And it wasn't a Snickers bar, I promise. But here's what happens. So just like that little brown floating object in the pool, sometimes what comes out of our mouths and our friends' mouths can be just that powerful to move people away from us. So just like that little brown thing, move people out of the water, sometimes what comes out of our mouth when we're saying harsh things to people and we're doing bad things, like saying bad things or we hear it, people usually navigate away from that or they feel uncomfortable, you know? So for me, it's like this. You and I know the world is filled with negativity. People say harsh things to one another that pollutes the pools of life that we find ourselves in. We can add to the pollution, like we can speak like they speak, or we can help clean it up. Like for me, I think I'd rather swim in a clear pool with no brown stuff floating in it, and it's clean to swim in. So goes the language and the things that we talk about. So tonight, we're going to talk about three lessons when it comes to swimming in the world we find ourselves in. You guys ready? Lesson one. So when I was a kid, I always grew up around a pool. I was one of those latchkey kids that basically would go to like, in the summer, I would be at a daycare and they would take us to the pool a couple times a week and we learned how to swim. 
But how many of you remember the first time you learned how to dive? How many of you guys remember that? Hands all over? Yeah, it's like, you know, you got to, so here's what you have to do. You have to stand, you have to stand up on the edge and then they, and they tell you to put your hands together. You know what I'm talking about? Like put your hands together and then you're nervous. And so you back up, like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Do you remember that feeling inside? Yeah, so you get back up to the edge and then what do you do? Like first time I did, I, I get real low like this and they're like, no, 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 no. You got to stand up, right? You got to stand up and go in like this, but I kept going down. So the first couple of times I did it, what did you do? You just jump in, right? You didn't go head first, you went feet first, right? You go feet first. So that's what I was doing. But then at some point, what we have to do is we got to learn how to get ourselves ready to go in head first. We got to be the first to jump. Whenever we're going to say, if we're going to say tonight that we want to clean up the pools around us, we want to clean up the language. We don't want to be the ones giving the harsh talk and hurting girls' feelings or hurting guys' feelings by saying, picking on people, because that goes on a lot in middle school. Would you guys agree with that? All over. Middle school is really tough these days. So for me, it's like we have to begin using our minds, using our heads to think really before we speak. We have to be the ones to jump in first and be the example for everybody else to follow. But even though we are the first ones to head in, we, sh we should know that we need to be the first ones to not pee in the pool. That's our topic for tonight, to not pee in the pool, right? You guys don't do that, do you? They're like, no, I don't do that. Listen to this. As we swim around the pool, yeah, you know, the first one, the first one's the bark is the guilty dog, right? Pretty much. Check this out. As we swim around the pool of life after we jump in, listen, know each day it's filled with all sorts of language and other things that harm people around us. Culture, especially teen culture, and some of you guys, tween culture, it's harsh. We have to train ourselves to not be the ones to, bleeding, to be polluting the pools that we find ourselves in. 1 Timothy 4, 11 through 14 says this. So here's, you guys ready to hear this? Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. So if we are believers, if we are, we are Jesus' kids, right? We're Christians. What are we to be doing? It says here, do we to be an example? So as we're jumping in and we're using our minds to clear things up, we have to be example in the way we talk, the way we speak to people. We have to be an example in the conduct. It's how we conduct ourselves on a daily basis. We have to also be an example of love. We have to love people. We can't be harsh to people and hurt people. We just need to love people because that's what Christ calls us to do. We love him first and we love people second. The next is we have to be an example in faith. We have to show people that, hey, we are Christians and this is how we as believers follow Jesus are supposed to live in this world. We're to be that example. And the last is we're to be example in purity for anything that's unpure, anything that should not be going into our lives, we need to be moving away from it. We need to be living a life that's pure and that honors the Lord in everything that we do. Verse 13 says, until I come, devote yourself to public reading of the scripture. Here we do it in private, but here he's, Paul's encouraging Timothy here to be reading scripture out in public. Let people see and hear the word of God being taught to exhortation and to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. So even as you guys are young, you can be doing this. I don't know how many of you are part of FCAs or small groups or anything else, but like you wanna be example and you wanna be a part of those things even whenever you're young. 
Because guys and girls, guess what? You're young, but right now you're building a foundation in your life in middle school to get ready for high school and for high school to get ready for college and then for college to get ready to be an adult and live the rest of your life. So, you're, so your days right now are super duper important. And you would think, ah, oh, being in middle school, not a big deal, but you know what it is. If we can put some of these practices into place, it's gonna make your life and the people's lives around you so much better. James 3, seven through eight says this, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. So we know that animals can be tamed, right? It says this, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Do you know that your tongue is the strongest muscle in your entire body? Did you know that? Physically speaking, listen, spiritually speaking and physically. Physically, it is the strongest muscle in your body. But spiritually speaking, your mouth, when you say harsh things, can really hurt people. It can pierce the heart when you say some of the things that you say. So we need to watch the things that we say because here it says the tongue cannot be tamed. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Ephesians 4.29 says, listen, this is for all of us. You guys listening? Everybody tuning in right here focused? Listen to this. Let no corrupting talk, here corrupting talk means rotten or putrid, no longer meant for the use like a stagnant pond. I think there's going to be a picture behind me. You see that stagnant pond? Do you know what happens in a stagnant pond? Fish die. Thank you, John, right? Thank you, John. Fish die. Nothing can live there. So if we have all this corruptive like stuff coming out of our mouth and it's harsh, you know what it's doing to people? If you say harsh things to them, it kills them on the inside. When you say harsh stuff, how many of you ever had your feelings hurt when somebody said something harsh all over the room? So our job is to be that example that we're not being like a stagnant pond, that we are like bringing life to people and not killing people. It says that, it says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Do you hear that? Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up. So what should we do? When we say harsh things, that's tearing people down. Here it says, what we need to do is we need to be saying good things that build people up, right? It says, as fit for the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So we need to be graceful to people. We shouldn't be harsh to them, we should be graceful to them. The Bible says, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's in your heart, whatever's in your heart, that's what comes out of your mouth. Do you get that? Whatever you're pouring into your heart and your mind, that's gonna flow directly from your mouth. When I was a kid, I told you I went to the community pool, but there was a guy in town who had his own private pool. And sometime I'd go over there because um, my a good friend of mine, that was his grandfather's house. And on, the, on his um, like little cookout shed where you go to the restroom, do all the stuff, he had this little sign. And this is what the sign looks like. It says this. It says, welcome to our ool. Notice there is no pee in it. Let's keep it that way. You see that? So notice our ool. Notice there's no pee in it. So what are you not to do? Pee in it. Thank you very much. You guys are tuned in now. Awesome. All right, so here's the deal. For me, I always thought, and when we started this series, when we said, don't pee in the pool, we were thinking number one, right? But I told Trevor, I was like, Trevor, there's more than just number one in the pool. Sometimes when I told him that story about my friend, sometimes it just happens, it could be number two in the pool, right? So here's the deal. To me, the pee means pee or poo. It could be either one. Whichever it is, whichever it is, may we be not the people to put the pee in the ool, either one because both of them's pretty dirty and causes contamination and people run from it. We're gonna be the people that are not gonna do that. Psalm 19, 14 says this. Listen, let the words of my mouth, listen, 
Let the words of my mouth, that's your mouth, and meditation of my heart, so meditation of my heart, be acceptable to your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So let our mouth and let our meditation and what goes into our heart basically be focused on the Lord and that he would accept the things that we do. And man, he would just be honored and glorified through it. That's who we want to be, right? So let's be people. My last little thought here. Let's be people to keep the pee out of the pool. Do you guys want to be those people? Yeah, let's keep, let's keep the pee out of the pool. All right. So next thing. When we first jumped in the deep end, you guys remember jumping in the deep end of the pool? Yeah? It's like nervous, man. It's like your feet had nothing to touch. I remember. You couldn't swim when they threw you in? You made it out, man. Congratulations. Proud of you. So here's the deal. We weren't good swimmers. We had to take baby steps to be able to swim well in the deep end. When I was a kid, and probably whenever my, friend, my curly-headed friend over here was a friend, we had these things that were like foam balls, and they had this strap around with a metal click. Do you remember, do you remember those, Kenny? The little foam things? Like, that's what we had. So when you jump into the deep end, you know what happened? Because your chest a little, you know, is a little larger than your waist, you jump in, and that joker comes right down to your waist and sometimes right off the bottom. That's what happened. That's what I had when I was a kid. So we weren't so good. We had to take baby steps to be able to feel comfortable to swim in the deep end. Here, for me, it's like now that we're following Christ, we need to be that good example and choose the path for us. So what we have to do is we got to start training our body, right? So what I want to do real quick is I want to invite someone up on stage to help me. And I need a, I need a guy. Who's a good dude? Let me look around my room. That guy? That guy? Let's go this guy. Yeah, let's give, give him a hand. Come on. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I want to tell you one quick thing as they're setting up. And then you want to turn it actually spinner like this and they can see this guy right there. Everybody give Thomas a hand right there. Yeah, Thomas. And let's tell everybody your name. What's your name, dude? This is Tyler. Everybody give Tyler a hand. Come on, Tyler. All right. So you're going you're gonna to help, help everyone in the room. You're going to help everyone in the room become better swimmers. And I'm going to give you three steps to become a better swimmer. Are you ready to do it? Yeah. All right. So here's, here's one thing for you all to know. You ready? Do you know 46% of American adults? Is that a lot? That's, a, that's millions of people. Millions of people are afraid to go in deep waters of the pool. They won't go. 46%. So I don't want you to be scared to jump into the deep end because that's our whole thing. We want you to be ready. So what you're going to do is you're going to put your midsection right along here. And you're going to put your arms out front so I can teach you how to swim, right? You're going to kick your feet back there and you're going to do that. So you ready? Hang on. Move that together just a little bit more. Perfect. You ready? And when you hear me say what I say, I'm going to say it, you're going to do it, and I'm going to give an application to it. How's that sound? Game on? All right, you're going to swim with your hat on or backwards? Yeah, you better go backwards. All right, let's do it. You ready? All right, here we go. Number one, we got to focus on our form. Are you ready? Focus on form. When swimming freestyle, what's freestyle? That's, that's when you're doing this. This is your freestyle. When swimming freestyle... Man, you do like this, you're gonna drown. You're gonna drown, dude. All right, so here goes. When swimming freestyle, look at the bottom of the pool. So you gotta look at the bottom of the pool. You gotta press your chest down, press your chest down, keeping your head, hips, and feet at the surface. So all this right here is flat. He's flat. He's looking at the bottom of the pool. If your head and chest are too high, your legs and hips will drop. Look what's happening right now. 
Your, yeah, your feet are dropping. That's right. As you take a stroke, so you take a stroke, reach forward just under the surface, extending your arms from your shoulders when your head enters the water. Pull the water towards you. Then keep elbows high like this as you pull your arm back. Try to maintain a constant, strong, fast kick. Do it. You got to kick your feet and do it. That's crazy, dude. You're going to drown. Begin kicking from the hips, not the knees. See, dude, you're kicking with your knees. You've got to kick from your hips. Keeping your ankles floppy and relaxed. There you go. You're getting better. That's good. All right, so our application, pause. Here's our application. Everybody with me? Everybody's got their phones out. You're going to be on social media all night long. You're welcome. That's right. So here's our application. Everybody with me? So number one, focus on form. Here's our application. We need to find a healthy rhythm for our lives to keep moving in the right direction. Not sinking like this, Jack, right here, but we want to go in a direction that honors the Lord. If we get out of rhythm, listen, if we get out of rhythm like this guy, we're gonna lose progress. We are gonna sink. We lose ground and we become all we can be in Christ. That's what we wanna do. Our influence becomes less and less. If we, if we sink like this dude right here, we're gonna lose our influence. So the first step, we're gonna call this finding a healthy rhythm technique because everything's a technique, right? All right. You ready for number two? Yeah. Number two. This one's called breathe better. You're going to be able to breathe better. Okay. All yeah, right. He's ready. It says the smoothest swimmers practice bilateral breathing. Okay. Bilateral or breathing alternately on the right and the left sides. So as you're swimming, you're going your head this way. Ah, you're breathing. And then when you go this way, ah, you're breathing. You ready? You got to try that. So when you swim, turn your head to the right. Turn your head to the left. Ready? Go for it. Try it. Let's, let's see if you can do it. Don't look at me. You got to be looking down and swimming like this, like this. You're supposed to look down. You got to look at the bottom of the pool and you're watching down. And then look. And when you're swimming, you go head up. And when you're swimming, you go head up. So bilateral. That's bilateral breathing. You're doing good. Keep going. Keep going. Try it. There you go. Keep going. Reach. There you go. You got it. Y'all got it. That's good. Give him a hand. That's good. He's going to get better. All right. All right, ready for the application? All right, here's the application. Here's the application, ready? There are moments when, we, when things happen, listen, there are moments when things happen and it disturbs or angers us. You guys ever get angry? Yes. Yeah, he was about to get angry, but then he sees y'all cheering and he's good. We need to learn to take the high ground or stay on the top of the water, right? It says we need to learn to, to take a step back and ask the Lord for direction. Whenever we get angry, See, he's getting happy. We don't get angry. We need, listen, we need to ask the Lord how we should respond and what we should say to make a bad situation better. So earlier I said, we say harsh things sometimes. But whenever we get mad or we get frustrated, instead of saying something bad or going to make something like uncomfortable, we need to say, hey, Lord, help me right now not to say the wrong thing. Help me right now to calm down and to be able to, to, to say it be a blessing and not necessarily be a burden. You get that? Got that? So we got one, focus on your form. So you got your form, right? You're kicking, with, you're kicking with your hips, not with your knees, and you got your little thing. You're looking at the bottom of the pool. You're breathing better. And the last one, this is kind of cool. Roll with it. You got that one? Roll with it. Yeah, yeah, he's rolling over. It's not a puppy dog, dude. It's a roll over in the water. Ready? So here's how this works. Avoid lifting. You can pull the teeth back. Yeah, you got to look excited. All right. So it says avoid lifting your whole head to breathe. Remember how early you were lifting your head to breathe? But instead, roll your body onto one side so your chest faces the side of the pool as your arms pushes down and leaves the water. 
Keep your ear in the water as you take a breath and corner your mouth at the surface. So it's like a, like that. <laughs> exactly, dude. I should have been recording that. That was amazing. All right, so we're rolling with it. You got it? All right, you got to give us one good stroke, so give us that so you're doing it. Come on, give us one good roll with it. That's good. All right, you're doing good. Everybody give them a hand. That's right. All right. Ready for application? All right, application. Here's the application. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 13, if you got your notes, take it. Psalm 34, 14. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace. Listen, seek peace and pursue it. So are we pursuing fighting or are we pursuing peace? Hello, are we pursuing fighting or peace? Peace. Peace. Thank you. There are harsh and evil things that are spoken around us on a daily basis. Does everybody agree with that? Yes. It says, but we can choose to join in the conversation. We can choose to join in the conversation or we can roll with it and cruise right by. So when you got that cruise down, you can cruise right by that's the idea, because whenever we do that, we can avoid the bad situation or temptation to fight. Got it? Everybody got that? Yes, sir. Awesome. Everybody give him a hand. Let's go. Nice. Very cool. Give Thomas a hand again. Why not, right? See, what I was going to do tonight for that, shh, what I was going to do before that, is I'd, I'd reached out to one of our high school students who's actually a really good swimmer. And I said, hey, would you mind coming out and teach us some techniques tonight? And uh, I asked her early in the week and she said, oh, I'm so sorry. Wednesday nights are whenever we have swim meets. So guess what? She couldn't be here. But dude, you did great for your first time ever getting some swim lessons. That's right. Let's give them a hand. So earlier we read, we read from First Timothy, I think it was 11 through 14. Yeah chapter 4, um, 11 through 14. But there's a few more things that we can learn if we look right just above it. Sometimes context is very important. Are you guys ready? 1 Timothy 4, 6 through 10. Everybody looking up, not looking at your phones. Listen, tune in. A lot of heads down. Everybody's looking at social media now, seeing if they see you yet. Don't look, at, don't look for yourself. All right, listen. Shh. So we can begin using biblical principles. Because I can tell you and Stout can tell you and Trev can tell you all sorts of things you need to do. But you know what's important? Do you guys know what's important? It's to use biblical principles in our lives because those are what's most important. And that's what's really going to work for us. So this is what 1 Timothy chapter 4, 6 through 10 says. If you put these things before the brothers, this is all the things that you're learning, all these principles. Listen, you will be a good servant of Christ, being trained in the words of the faith in the good doctrine that you have followed. So that's what we hope you're doing. As we're teaching you these concepts, whether it be on Wednesday night or Sunday mornings or even in your small groups, is that we start to do those things. And then here's the deal. It says that you'll be trained in the words of faith in the good doctrine that you have followed. So that's what you're starting to do. You're starting to follow the things that we guys are teaching you all to be able to live. Verse seven says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. So what are we training ourselves to do? To live in godliness. We want to be godly, right? Thank you for that down front. If I had something to throw to you, dude, I'd give it to you. That was awesome. Verse 8 says, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. So we can go work out all we want, physically speaking, but what's more important is that we we are training ourselves in godliness. That's what's most important for all of our lives. Did you hear that? That's what's way most important. 
as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So like I told you, I said, hey, you're preparing right now. Listen, man, it's amazing. 30% of the people's heads popped up. So I told you earlier that in middle school, you're training for high school. In high school, you're training for college. In college, then you're like, you're in adulthood, right? So this is what this just said to us. It says, as for that, it's the present life. Listen, your present life is right now middle school, but this also propels you for your future life to come. It says the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. So for us, we should have a goal that our lives are living, we're living a life in such a way that the world accepts us, especially adults and others and our friends, because we're living out principles that are just a blessing to people. And we're beginning to live a godly life and our life starts to look like Jesus' life. Like that's what we're to do here in this earth. Verse 10 says, for to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God. So our hope, listen, our hope should be set in the Lord because a lot of our friends and maybe even some of us tonight have lost hope. Maybe we're already bummed at school because we're already being treated harshly or maybe the teacher's not so nice to us. So we've already lost hope. Maybe there's something going on at home with a sibling or a parent and you just, you're bummed out. And we don't want you to be bummed out. God doesn't want that for you. It says, verse 10, for to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set in the living God who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe. So God, listen, God wants to save us from whatever crazy is going on in our life. And as we pursue him and we become more godly, man, we get stronger. And then when those hard times come and we get bummed out or we butt heads with our parents or with our friends at school or whatever harsh thing, it's like now, guess what, we can... We can have hope and we can bring hope to other people. We want to be able to have you guys swimming in such a way that you're going to swim in a way that you'll win. How many of you guys want to win? All over the room. I said on Sunday morning, we play Fortnite. At the end of Fortnite, we want to win. Thank you. Whenever, listen, when we play volleyball, when we play volleyball, we play volleyball so we can win. Right. Whatever we do, we want to win. So here's what 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 through 27 says. Listen, everybody with me listening? Do you not know that in a race, all the runners or swimmers swim, but only one receives the prize? Everybody's running or everybody's winning, but only one person is going to receive the prize. Tonight, my girl, she didn't win, but my dude got the win. So here's what we're to do. So we're to run or swim that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run or swim aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body. Listen, I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself be disqualified. So we don't want to be disqualified. We want to win, right? So our goal in this series is as we're teaching you these things, we want to teach you biblical lessons to apply to your life that's going to apply right now and for time to come. Does that make sense, everyone? Awesome. As we begin to swim better, there's another practice that we must learn to control, and that's staying in our lane, discovering the plan God's had for us. So as we're swimming we have an opportunity to stay in our lane. It says, as we mature, God begins to put opportunities in front of us. As we stay in our lanes, we have to act on those opportunities so that we may um, make a difference that the Lord wants us to make for his kingdom. 
If you've ever seen an Olympic swimming pool or a pool that has lanes, how many of you have ever seen those before? If not, I think there's one on the screen for you to see. So whenever you're in these lanes, and when I was in college, I swam in these in college, and I ended up working on the beach doing that. But one thing that those lanes allow us to do, if you see the little black line or blue line right down the middle between you know, the, the lane barriers, is those lanes help keep our eyes focused to go in a straight line. And if God has a plan or purpose for each one of us, which he does, he wants us to stay on that line. He wants us to stay focused. Because what it does for us, it helps us to stay streamlined. When we were learning how to swim correctly by having our head position looking down, remember I told you that? Look down. You're like, okay, I'm looking down now. Because when you look up, it slows you down. You're not streamlined. The other thing that it does, it saves you time. It keeps you on track. It saves time, keeps you on track, and you stay streamlined. When I was a kid, my grandparents owned shoe stores. My grandmother always told me that, you know what? Shoes are made to last your lifetime. You can get them resold. You can keep them because they're made from leather and they're awesome. Sad part is over the years, the whole industry changed. Companies like Nike, Reebok, others started coming in and started making shoes that would change every year to cause you to have to buy new shoes every single year and they weren't repairable. You couldn't keep them. Well, there's a guy named Blake Mikowski. Blake actually is the founder of Tom's Shoes. I mean, you ever heard of Tom's Shoes? All over the room, some of you, good. So he, as he traveled the world, he noticed there were children in the world who basically didn't have shoes and they were walking around barefooted, which caused sometimes diseases and they would have all sorts of issues with their feet. So what he did is he created this shoe based upon this designed by, and I'll find it, it's called the Alpargata design, which was from Argentina. And so what he started to do is he'd make these shoes and what he would do is start to sell them in America and other places and as he would somebody would buy one and they would give one to a child in need in the world and eventually became not only children, but also adults. And so then that took off. He started to do eyewear and coffee and apparel and handbags. When Tom sells a pair of shoes, a new pair of shoes is given to an impoverished child. When Tom sells eyewear, part of the profit is used to save or restore eyesight for people in developing countries. Do you think this guy's making a difference in the world? Yes, yes he is. And that's why he stayed in his lane, and that's why he was doing what he was doing. I'm going to skip down a bit because here's what's cool. This guy was focused on just helping kids, and it turned into all these upper, other opportunities when you get to these towns and see, wow, all right, they don't just need shoes. They need clean water. They don't just need clean water. They need all sorts of things, eyewear, things like that. So that's what he started doing. Here's the cool part. Listen to this. You'll love this because everybody likes talking about money. Says they are the first company to coin the phrase a one-for-one -one policy. That is, you buy one thing and it gives something to somebody else in the world. Half of Blake's company in 2014 valued the company at $625 million. It's a company that started just in 2006, just a few short years ago. Blake's wealth that year bumped to a cool $300 million. Is that amazing? Yeah, so in about six or seven years, this guy went from like, really making no money to go in to help people. And all of a sudden it blew up around the world because people want to help people. And really he just blessed a bunch of people. And then all of a sudden financially he was blessed. Here's the deal. Blake recognized the muddy, dirty industry where impoverished kids in the world were being affected. He saw that. If we are like Blake, we need to begin clearing up the muddy waters that surround us. The world is now taking notice at Tom's impact. And my hope is if you guys and myself are focused on doing great things in Lexington area, then people will take notice also. Maybe they want to jump in and be a part. It's how people jumped in to help out with Tom's. First Timothy 4, 15 and 16 says, practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. 
Keep a close watch on yourself and all the teaching and persist in this. For by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So just as I told you when I was a kid and I was out on the front and I was ready to dive in, I had to immerse myself. We couldn't just go, like Trevor said last week, we can't just go to shallow end. We just gotta go to the deep end, man. We just gotta jump in. We just gotta first to, to jump in. But the idea here is that when we immerse ourselves, it's, it's like we get the key here is that we find our rhythm. We stay above the water so that others who are following our lead will be able to follow us because man, we're just doing great things and people wanna be a part of that. If you ever watch the Olympics and you watch those swimmers who are like in America just getting gold after gold after gold, it's like when they do the relay, one guy goes and the other guy goes and the other guy goes, they're streamlined, they're keeping in their lane, they're following the, the path that was set before them, just how God's has set for us. And then they win. We want you guys to win. We want you guys to be leaders in a way that whenever you're at your school or around your friends that you're leading and you're speaking words of blessing to people. You're no longer gonna be a student. A middle schooler is gonna put people down and people are gonna hang out with you, man, because you're awesome. We want all of you guys to be awesome. Here's the deal. Blake stayed in his lane, this guy who started this company. And yes, what's crazy is it's called Tom's Shoes, but his name is Blake, but he stayed in his lane. He saw the pee in the pool. When he traveled the world and would stop at nothing to see the need of children taken care of. He saw impoverished children with no shoes and he felt he could do something about it. And man, did he do something about it? Question tonight, what are you gonna do about all the crazy that's in the world around you? Are you gonna speak like everyone else speaks? Or are you gonna change it and clean it up? That's the question for us tonight. This guy has literally helped millions of impoverished children now families, through the concept of the one-for-one -one policy, and through everything else, this guy has literally changed a big part of the impoverished world. Tonight, just before we go, I want you to think, what is it, God, that I can do to help clean up the world around me? What is it that I can start thinking of and speaking different in my heart and my mind that whenever I jump in fully, that I'm gonna begin thinking with my mind? I'm gonna think before I speak. I'm gonna do things that are gonna be blessings to people and to those around me. Do you guys wanna be those people? Do you guys wanna be those people? Yeah. We want you to be those people. The Lord wants you to be those people. So the last thing I'll tell you is this. Listen, swim well and try your best to stay in your lane. First, swim well, like this guy. He went from not being able to swim well and then all of a sudden you got it at the end, dude. And give him a hand again. That was awesome. Yep. Because here's the deal. There are students at your middle school who are going to follow your lead. And as you take it on and you learn these principles and you become a little more wiser than those around you, those others are going to follow. Amen? Amen. Let's pray real quick. Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for these students. Thank you that they tuned in tonight. Thank you that, Lord, you're teaching us things that that we need to know to apply to ourselves right now, that we don't wait. But even as middle school students, we realize that what we put into our lives today and all these new lessons that we're learning, if we apply it today, it's gonna help us in high school. If we apply it in high school, it's gonna help us when we get to college and we become young adults, men in our 20s, we're gonna be amazing people in our 20s. Lord, I pray that over every student in this room, and even us adults who maybe need to apply some of this to our own lives. Thank you for these students. Bless them, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name.
And all God's people said, amen.